0: Hey, this is The Moment, I'm Brian Koppelman, thanks for listening. My guest today just totally rules, Uh, Ava Victor, who I've gotten to know personally because she is kicking ass on billions in seasons five and six, but whose work got my attention way before that, and and, uh, that's why Levine and I uh, asked to meet her. And then after spending some time together, realized we had a thing that we could write. We were, we were thinking about writing it and write for. Her. And um, Ava, your work struck me because it seemed like you were like a fully formed artist in this, in this new medium of making stuff that just featured you, uh, that's front facing camera stuff. And I, I want, we're gonna get into your background and a bunch of biographical stuff. But can you just from the art the the standpoint of an artist finding their voice could you talk a little bit about the process you went through to find uh the way that you wanted to present that material and that character uh of Ava in in those videos
1: Yeah um first off I'm really happy to be here but I'll answer the question Um Yeah, I did a lot of making videos on my own at home before people started watching. Um, I was doing these intense and weird characters I would put on my Instagram. And not very many people tuned in, but it was okay. And I was learning. and, um, And I think at a time when I felt pretty down about... What was going on in my life and feeling like i wanted to be seen or be heard that i had this way to actually make stuff without any money without anyone telling me I, without permission uh and i think the character evolved as i grew to learn more about what interested me like i think at the beginning i was doing these silly characters that i mean are so fun to do and then after a certain point i was like oh i actually have certain things i want to say and i um it matters to me to like maybe find satire here versus just goofy and uh and then it was like oh i'm gonna do this thing about my anxiety because finally someone's giving me a platform and money to to do something and and i my anxiety is a huge part of my life. <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, I think it evolved pretty, it actually evolved pretty slowly or like it, it had a journey of its own. And now I actually feel like I can look back, but I think a year ago, if you had asked me to look back, I couldn't because I was very much in it still, but yeah, it's been a journey. It's, it's super fun. I'm very grateful. People watched.
0: Well, I wonder like did, did part of the journey cause it's the, uh, did part of the journey go from when you were making videos that were just for basically you, a couple of your friends, it was a version very close to you. Then it kind of went further away. And then there was the synthesis where it's the character, but you at the same time, almost like Bob Dylan or something, almost like where oh, wow. artist, I mean, I'm not saying uh, I'm not, you don't want to, uh, I, like where, where you were being you then then there's that thing that happens where it's like, oh, people are watching. Now I have to be funny or smart or clever in within it. But then then eventually it comes back around to a unified, synthesized thing. Is that part of it? Do
1: you think? Well, that's I think you saying that makes me feel like, yes, it is. I I haven't thought about it that way, but yeah, I think I definitely found a groove and found joy and like the goofy and the sort of about what's going on right now I was able to find a a version of that and then also I was actually able to make it closer closer to me by the end of me making videos whereas for a while it was there was like wigs and there was like accents and then there was a point when it was like oh Ava it's like a like a me series and and it's closest to who I am but it's not you know who I am completely but it is a version that is true and heightened.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, certainly like during the pandemic, I think we watched some things that were a, a fusing of the ang- anxiety and then mirroring the anxiety we all felt. But then I certainly saw some of the person I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple breakdowns during the pandemic that I definitely think are visible in the videos, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, but I want to ask about that. The personal, I want to ask about the, and it's something of your generation, particularly at your generation and younger where, and it seems like it's a challenge because part of what you're being asked to do by your audience is be authentic. Like they want to use that word, which I think is a really hard word to define. Mm. They want you to be authentic, but they also, then there's this pressure as an artist to have a high level of craft and to keep pushing yourself forward. And as you become famous to decide, well, which parts do I really want to reveal of my authentic self? So how do you tease all of that out when you're making the personal stuff?
1: Oh man, I wish I had more of a sort of uh, handle on it, but I, I have learned a lot about what I want to share, what I don't want to share. I, I think there was a time when my videos were when I was posting a ton and there was a true like online situation and flow where I was like, it was so exciting because I could f- see people like in the real world, I'd be like, someone would be like, I love your videos. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is, there's, this is actually real. Like someone watches it and likes it and it makes someone happy. That's truly all you can ask for is for someone to be like, yes. I've seen you. I like you like you've made my life like a, my day a little bit better. You know, yes. that's like truly,
0: uh, well, especially epic. in those dark days, like in the dark trunk. Yeah. Day. Yes. I mean,
1: it was really, it was really like moving to me. I was like, this is so powerful for me to know that I can say something and it's like heard, and that these people are like, some people like it and are and feel moved by it too, or whatever moved is a little bit strong, but whatever. But I do no, think there was back, also don't
0: don't don't shield don't
1: move. I, I would suggest people move. are moved.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. Period.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and then there was a time when I was getting like there was also a time when I was like, oh, I actually can create boundaries that make this experience more healthy for me. So that is not sharing anything about my romantic life online, on stage, um, and not sharing everything about my personal life and things I've been through, like the details that I, I think I've shared certain things online, I've been pretty vulnerable, but also um, like I, like at one point was like with my family and we were hanging Chris, like Christmas ornaments. And I got a DM that was like, I'm looking at you through your window at your home in San Francisco. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. And I hate that my family is now like, that was a point when I was like, Oh, okay. Privacy matters to me. And taking care of the people in my life matters to me. And that's, I mean, I've been offline honestly for a bit now um, because I've been working on other stuff that is, I think the next iteration of all of it. But um, at that point I was like, Oh, boundaries are really healthy and important. And I, and I do, and there are certain amounts of this kind of attention that I don't like. Um, So yeah, I think pulling myself offline a bit and, and focusing on other things has just made um some of that died down in a way that i think you have to return to the forest sometimes or the well, darkness what do you sometimes. mean
0: you got a dm of someone's spying through the window like i know someone, someone who you knew or like uh-uh, a random
1: uh-uh, random dm and i mean i i think it actually was a dm that i had at once one point answered and then it huh. was a person again so it wasn't someone i knew but it was but i and i don't think there was any bad intention like she was like yay and i was like no <laughs>
0: no it's what, what it was me i could I, I can actually see how it wasn't a yes. bad intention no
1: it was sweet
0: I, but i can also see how how not that in how the um the incident itself but but um what it's a harbinger to could mm. be the thing that that really is disturbed like that
1: right right well, what it
0: points toward could but isn't this, I mean, it's funny you say you're offline lately, but like, I mean, I saw your stories in the last couple of days. Oh yeah, so, no,
1: my stories don't count.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, Well, so that's how true. Do,
0: how do we define offline I now? know.
1: I mean, I think there are certain parts of my, uh, like myself, my story that I, not my Instagram story, my personal story that I... Yes. didn't share online because they're not able to be encapsulated in like one minute. And uh, I needed more time in my life to come to terms with sharing it and things like that. And I think those are the projects I'm sort of diving into now. And those are like long, those are meant to be like long versions of me yes. exploring myself or having whatever, doing whatever. And I, I, um, wait, what was I talking about? I just lost just myself online,
0: offline. And and, oh, yeah. and, the, and and what you meant, which was uh, these, these projects, you're not really going to tell them now in these little bursts, yeah. the, the bigger ideas you're going to tell in narrative form in some way, whether it's book length or movie length or right. what, whatever.
1: Thank you for following. Else, right? Yes. And that like, my stories are just like, oh, I had like a weird breakfast. I, found a dead pigeon on the road and it hurt my feelings like that's my story those are just like little moments that i'm like okay i like to be connected but it's not like what why is my trauma hurting my body this way you know which is the movie <laughs> the movie yes and, and
0: and which there was more of in the early days of your stuff there hmm. there was probably more of a, just willingness to say whatever yeah how much did you think about camera Like, because I want to, like, it's funny, people don't all the time recognize the amount of, and I know sometimes you might say, well, I just did it. But like, honestly, part of this is staging, Maison scène. like, I I think folks don't understand that this is storytelling with a camera Mm. and it's directorial. I mean, as you know, Levine and I recognized right away, like, this is a filmmaker, this is an actor and a filmmaker and a writer. And, uh, and I think it's easy to miss that. In the same way everybody can criticize a restaurant because they think they can cook, but if you spend two minutes watching someone make an omelet who knows how to make an omelet, you realize the, the, the difference. So as a mm. filmmaker, I'm really interested in the way you started thinking about the iPhone and thinking about framing and thinking about point of view and how much of that was um, an instinctive I uh, iteration process and how much of it was an intellectual iteration process.
1: Yeah. I think it I be, became aware of how I worked when I got to Comedy Central and because at the beginning I really only had an iPhone, so there was no other option. But then I got to Comedy Central and they were like here's a fancy camera and I was like, well no it's too heavy to hold. I can't hold it facing myself and have the angle I want with a heavy camera and I can't see it at the same time, you know, like I can't. So, and I also realized I, I don't know. I think it was quite instinctual. And then, I mean, I had a, a ton of fun editing and I felt that I, I, um, I found it quite joyful to like get the shots I wanted. I would know when I would know when we got the shot, we got the shot, me and my I don't know. My anxiety got the shot. Yes. And then I would edit the shots that I liked together. And I would like, I, I liked feeling like, oh, this has too much air. Oh, this is too clippy. Like that was a nice experience. And I found it to be private and yes. sort of almost like writing. Like it reminded me of writing because it's me alone, like trying to put a puzzle together and feeling like all oh, on. I know when when it's hitting right, you know? Um, But yeah, a a lot of it was like, I wanted to hold my iPhone because it, if I set it up and then I stand back, it feels like I'm like a preschooler and like a talent show. And that's not the vibe. Like, I want to presentational
0: like then It's presentational in some way. Yeah.
1: And that you can tell, Carol. I set the camera up and there's a weird thing about like you edited out the part when you walked away from setting the camera, like there's all this stuff that just felt wrong. But then when I got to comedy central, they were like, we have a director for you. We have a camera for you. We have, you have to write out your scripts first. You have to like all this stuff. And it was very interesting, like to be given so many resources. Cause I was like, Oh, actually I, I tried one time to do a whole one, um, with, with all the resources provided, like going to different locations and all this stuff. And it was, it really didn't feel, uh, good or it didn't, I, we all agreed. Like everyone there was like, Oh, this isn't, it didn't this have doesn't the capture it the
0: stuff had somehow.
1: No, it, it wanted to be sort of scrappy. So, um, yeah, then we kind of moved forward with like, everyone was super nice and was like, we'll do whatever you need. If you need us to hold the camera for one shot, like just yeah. let us know all that stuff. And, and you could improvise and go off the script that you turned in because you can do whatever you want.
0: Make the thing work. So you found yeah. you, you, I mean, there's a, there's a creative bravery in, in walking away from those tools and being like, actually, I just want to, I, I, It doesn't mean I'm not a professional, it just means I'm a professional in this different way, or I want to do this in this different way, which a bunch of people offering resources, hard to do sometimes.
1: Right. I mean, it took me being like, oh, these resources aren't going to help us. I had to go through the fire, sort of. But it has been so interesting being on Billions because it is such a, like, everyone knows exactly what they're doing. Everyone is so efficient. The camera is like, you have such a style. And I think that's really what it is. It's not actually like it's once you find yourself in a style and the stories are meant to be told in a certain style or the story you're telling is meant to be in a certain style to go like if every shot was like one shot on billions and it was a wide and like you just move like it was a one shot episode that would be like very jarring and it would feel like I'm not at home here anymore. I don't understand what I'm doing. So Oh, yeah
0: the, the grammar thing is so important right the visual grammar of and the way the tone becomes unified but realizing that about this character you the Abe Victor as the character in mm-hmm. these things or you know I, I Dave and I would say like we found the voice in millions in the fourth episode and and um, as we're making the show and then yeah it is this thing and you can feel it in the way that you guys all move and in the mm-hmm. way that the words, work because yeah. they don't work if they're changed. You can change little things like you're one of two people we let change a word, but but because you're a great writer, but still right there's a way that the thing is supposed to float along and exist right. and you realize it when you're inside it, right? Yeah,
1: you do. That's so interesting. It's true. I was very very intimidated. I was so scared. You remember my audition? I basically like shit my pants. It was one of the scariest things in my life. You know, I, think, I ran. Didn't we
0: tell you, you don't even have. Didn't we say like you have to do this audition? But we're gonna you go until we're happy. Like you're getting. And we basically told you you had the part. You yeah, but then show I the showed network. up and there
1: was a hundred smiling faces, like saying basically the energy that I interpreted was like it's all yours if you don't fuck this up, sure. yes. <laughs> which is probably true and. I just remember after that audition, I um, I was working at Comedy Central, which was like a few blocks away from where the audition was, and I ran back and fell to the floor very dramatically to get everyone's attention. I started crying. I was like, "It's not going to happen. I I bombed it." So I'm really glad to be on this side of it. <laughs> Fine, I'm on the podcast. It's full circle. Things aren't always what they seem. You're okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're perfectly, uh, oh, you're perfectly <laughs> okay, great, and everyone on the show loves you. And you you you've um. Well, yeah, it's great, you know, um, writing this character for you, sort of like you had the idea from Ryan, and then we had this notion, well, Ryan should be a lot like Ava in certain ways. Like if Ava were in these, you know, if, if Ava had a different life and but we're, found uh, herself in, in this um, situation, uh, and it really does work so well in that environment um, with all of you is so good. And I remember the first day you showed up to work, though, that's oh. why I, I, you were so prepared, that, mm. much more than the audition, because the audition it didn't matter to me. I just, David and I just knew, well, if we could just get three minutes that we can explain to the, the network so they don't think we're crazy, uh, we knew, all right, we can put Ava in, it's going to be fine, right? Mm. That was, of course, of course, in, in your head, that's nerve wracking, but you, we were like, we, we were going to have you come back until we got what we needed. To, to, but, but on the day, I felt uh, so much empathy was the day oh you it up because you were in the scene with two.
1: Oh my god. You could kind have of thrown me more into the fucking I I was like how dare you. And there was other scenes in the episode that you could have put first that were like me walking around, me saying hi to one person and my god, was it one of the most scary th- and I also had two props and I don't think it's very hard to explain like what I mean. it feels like to have to Hold a bag and open a laptop and turn it around when you have you are looking at Maggie in Asia. (laughs) It's
0: (laughs) the full Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. It 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 is. is. I I, I've told this before. Maybe not. But when I got um at you know when I when I got asked to do Michael Clayton, I show up and because the director and I know each other forever, Tony, and because Mm -hmm. I'm a filmmaker, I hadn't acted since college. 20 years, but I show up and I'm, and Tony, who I you know, is the best director, Tony Gilroy is great, good as you, but because I'm a filmmaker or whatever, he's like, sit here, great, perfect. Okay, poker chips, cards. But it was like, but well, no, I'm not an actor. This is impossible. Like, so I have to I say the words and move the poker chips.
1: And then and exactly.
0: It, and, and it was great for me as a way to understand my, what my actors go through, because the level of difficulty of being able to be your, you know, be comfortable in your own skin while doing all that shit. So how did you get yourself to a place now? Because obviously 10, however many episodes later, I'm sure you have your moments, but you basically walk on set, you know, you're part of the crew, you're part of the team,
1: you're
0: you're part of this cast, it's family thing. Mm. How have you gotten yourself to be sort of comfortable with all that?
1: Well, that is because everyone is extremely generous. No one has had a cold... Energy towards me that since the day I walked in, like, yes, like the first day I was there, they were like, You're gonna need to banana towards the thing. And I was like, Uh, I'm so sorry, I have no idea. And then Asia just like took my hand and was like, This is what this is. And no one ever made me feel like I wasn't fit to be there, even though I felt that way. And I think it's been a journey of my self worth growing through being able to like okay we're checking the gate that means i i'm not fired (laughs) like i didn't fail i looked i was so
0: happy yesterday when you posted that you love your job
1: i do i love it i mean i'm i was so sad to be leaving for i mean i'm glad there's hiatus everyone needs you know some relaxation but i was like i really do i i find it to be extremely fulfilling it's so fun to um It's such a good compliment to the other things I'm doing, which are extremely private and antisocial and are like very heady. And I get to like a few days a week or whatever it is, like my whole day is dedicated to bringing my body to be the piece in someone else's large puzzle. And it's very therapeutic actually to to have one job that is a piece of a big puzzle and all my... anxiety and fear and worry or excitement and joy all is about fulfilling this one duty whereas like there are so many other jobs that I feel like I'm taking on right now that are seeing having to put the pieces together and so each bit of the puzzle is like I can't even really even handle each one until the day that one presents itself but um it's it's actually so pleasant to go and be like these are my lines. This is why I come into this room. I feel this way about this person I'm looking at. And they're saying that line a little bit differently. And I'm responding because it's softer. Like that is so joyful. It's very, it's like almost like working out or something. It
0: forces the um, presence, right? Exactly. It forces it. You don't have the choice. And that's why I mean, that's why, I mean, anyone listening to this who's ever putting something together, like the re- one of the reasons you want to like, make sure even people who have one line in your show, like you want to focus on that as the person making it is because it gives the gift to all the other actors, right? Like yeah. the fact that you're not ever interacting with someone who's just dead-eyed yeah. or just in their lines or can't remember, or isn't remembering though, like that, that everybody is uh, really in this looking and listening together, right? The director, the VP, the camera operators, like it it feels to me like everybody is so present and alive and alert and engaged in telling the story. Do you yes,
1: I agree. I mean I think one of my the most frustrating things for me and this is a little bit like fucked I guess, but there were always I would always take these classes like I would yeah. Like in college, I was in a studio, and an acting studio, and there was this frustration that certain people were there to just try. I mean, that's that's from a good place. But no, Say this is
0: important. I wanted to talk to you about this because we've talked about this. Yeah,
1: we ha- I was going to say, I think we talked about it with Asia, that there's this thing about I'm showing up and this is the thing I love. And this is what I, I know all my lines. I know why I'm here. I splash water on my face before I enter the stage because it brings me to where I need to go. Like I was so in, I was like, I was in, I was like, Uncle Vanya is my life. I have yes. to be an Uncle Vanya, whatever, you know, all this stuff. And it was really, really frustrating to be met with someone who didn't care as much. And people have their reasons. Like, it wasn't required that you have to care the most to be in that class. So it's actually, it was a good lesson. And, and I do not take for granted that I get to show up somewhere where everybody is, like, constantly continuing to get closer and closer to, like... There's everyone cares. Everyone's clear that they care. There's no false pretense of like, I don't give a shit. It doesn't really matter to me. It's all extremely genuine and vulnerable. And then you, then you get to the interesting stuff, which is like, I don't quite understand why I say this thing to you. And then you get to have that conversation and then your brain's like, Oh, I actually need this other person, this other actor to talk to. And then this other actor to perform But like, it's just this beautiful thing. I, I find it to be so fun. And I'm so glad yeah. to be doing it. It's I really love it.
0: Well, yeah, that that's great to hear. And yes, that question is, um, that question about, because it's not a judgment on those people like in your college, of course, they were showing up, they had 40 things they were dealing with and they were yeah. like, it might be fun to act the way you might be like, it might be fun to go play kickball. But like, right. but for the guy or woman or gender non-binary person who wants to play kickball, without, like if you're just showing up giggling around about it, it's like, well, that's fucking annoying all day long. I've been thinking about it. at three thirty. I get to go play kickball. Yeah, and, and so and then I have to
1: watch you play kickball badly while I'm sitting here. And but I mean, then there's lessons to be learned, honestly. But some not, but some yes. Uh, I don't know. But yes, yes, exactly. It's very. It was very frustrating and very illuminating because I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like I care about this work, and I'm. I don't have another really another thing to fall back on because I don't play kickball.
0: <laughs> well, I want to go backwards because your childhood is unique in certain ways. And I wonder if it set you up for this. And I'm not asking you to say anything that you're holding for your work or anything like mm. that, but like just the biographical details that you, people who know you would know, whatever. Um like you both basically grew up with a single mom who was a, a ran a French school or no?
1: No, that's a beautiful exactly. idea though. That's a good movie. Right. So, um, yeah. I was born in Paris. My mom was yes. single at the time. A year into right. living, so there. I got that part right.
0: Wait, French single mom at that moment?
1: Yeah, at that moment things change. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then we moved back to San Francisco, which is where my whole family is or around San Francisco. We live in San Francisco. They live around. It's It's nice. They're more in nature. Um, But when I was three, we met my dad, who's now my dad. And um, yeah, then I I, uh, he he married my mom when I was five. I went to the wedding, and it was I was grumpy because I was five, but not because I don't love my dad. And that's my dad. And um, I, yeah, I.
0: But what's didn't your mother? Am I wrong that your mom was involved in a French school?
1: I went to a French school okay, in San Francisco. It. So my mom was an architect, but Your mom's yeah. an
0: architect. You went to a French school.
1: Yeah. I went to a French school um, from pre-K to 12th grade high school, end of high school, uh, which was pretty weird. And also if they're listening, awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but when you were, so does was that school, would you speak French all day?
1: Yeah, it was pretty interesting. We'd speak French. Right, we'd have science, we'd have like biology, chemistry, and physics in French, and then kind of in English as well. We do U.S. history in English. We do history in French. Right. Um. There was a lot of doubling classes. There was English class, which was in English, and then there was French class, which was in French, and then PE was in French. And but it kind of depended on what teacher you got. How reg- long was
0: your school day,
1: I know, right? Uh, I, it was from, I think, 8 to three
0: thirty four. Oh, so not so much longer than a regular school
1: No, day. I don't know how it happened, but it was extremely hard. It was, a, I was okay until it, it was, it got really, I mean, their priorities are just different. Like, it's all about like. Writing your notes well. There was a lot of like, make sure you're handwriting your notes well because then you'll be able to study. And there was checking of your notebooks and to make when, when sure did you, you.
0: When did you start to meet or engage with people who went to other schools and start to have the insight that there's another way to go about this? Like, because I wonder if you ever went to your parents and were like, "Can I change? Or can I do something else? Or did you just like at that time were you just a good follower of rules?
1: I was. I I was also simultaneously in this chorus the San Francisco girls chorus actually that's fine it's already out there that (laughs) I was nervous to say their full name but I was in this girls chorus and that was that was extremely disciplined so I, I was I think as I was growing up and especially in middle school there was like discipline at school extreme discipline at my chorus so I it was very much about following rules to get along to stay alive almost like you can only prosper if you follow the rules to a T and are getting A's. Like that's what it felt like. There was extreme discipline. What did that
0: pressure? So, okay. What did that pressure feel like to, to, to you? Because it actually makes sense to me that because of the discipline that's in your work, I under, I actually in certain aspects of, of how you comport yourself, but I can also see, and perhaps that's part of what leads to someone becoming a daydreamer and becoming a, mm. uh, no, you know, living in their head yeah. and, and creating alternate, not in a not in a um, DSM kind of a way, not in a book, you know, not in the, but in like a, just, um, <laughs> no, but in like creating an alternate reality of characters and, 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 and worlds. So there's a lot of a dis- fantasy. Yeah. Not in a disassociative way. That's what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but uh, did you feel pressure
1: from this yeah. topic? Tons of pressure. I... I didn't really clock it as pressure though, because I was in such a, everyone was, I knew was in the same boat. So it would be when I would hang out with someone from another school, or I heard about what their day was like, where they had an hour of meditation in the morning at their school. And I was like, that sounds insane. Like you get to just sit, like sit there and relax. That doesn't make any sense. Like, or that you get like an hour for lunch every day and we would be eating in the hallways for like 30 minutes. Like you can't be late. Like you would get kicked out of class if you were late. Like I just, all this, or my chorus, like if you were like 10 minutes late, like I one time had a panic attack because I was 10 minutes late to chorus. Like just all, and I also think I'm built. I mean, I actually don't know the difference, but I think a lot of mental health stuff runs in my family. So I can imagine that a lot of my anxiety was exacerbated by these circumstances. But yeah, I mean, I didn't really, I don't even think I have really looked at it until this year, really, because I'm like trying to, I I think this year is the first time I've been like, oh, be a little bit nice to yourself for the first time in your life. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's not like completely on me that I'm insane. Maybe it's some people did some stuff to make my life a little bit difficult growing up. I mean, everyone's childhood is insane, but I think these particular institutions were, were very they taught me that mm, working really hard, keeping your head down, being quiet, blending in is the way to survive and to thrive. But yeah, I did try to go to a different high school, but I got waitlisted.
0: Oh crushing. Sorry. That it sucks.
1: was. It was crushing. crushing. Like, yeah,
0: no, crushing. I know. That's I know. Also they uh, I'm sure they regret it now.
1: Well I don't know yet. We'll see.
0: I think they regret it already. <laughs> so keep your head down, be quiet, do your work. When did you start to realize, were there any teachers or creative figures who recognized, who, who weren't like you know abusers or anything, who recognized yeah. there's something going on here and I wanna help or I wanna encourage it?
1: Yeah, I mean, my, my parents are extremely encouraging and loving and uh, that was actually the distant this is interesting, I'm realizing for the first time, therapy, we're doing therapy. The dissonance of my parents being so loving and gentle with me and um, the places I was going every day, I think that was confusing to me because I was extremely hard on myself. And they were like, please be, we love you, be like, be well. And um, I had trouble with those two messages because I, I don't think any of us were aware of like how intense my day to day was.
0: Well, I wonder also were, the, were there a lot of international students coming in and out of the French school? Yes. Or- so in, in terms of like making were you able to make real connections and friendships with people? I'm always interested in how writers develop. That's why I feel like
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Writers have to keep their own counsel so much in so many ways or whatever. But so were you able to make real relationships with people that lasted?
1: Yeah, I had really I had really close friends growing up. I had like a best friend all the time, <laughs> like a few different best friends in my life. And I think I've always been someone who I like a small circle that we get deep. I don't what, like it freaks me out to be in a big group where I have to talk about stuff that isn't the actual stuff going on. Yes. Um, I mean, I did, my school was very cool in that I got to travel to France a lot, uh, through the school, Amazing. not, I mean, a lot to twice, which is a no, lot that's for a kid. Yeah. It is. And I did this exchange in Normandy where I had, uh, I had a correspondent and I went and stayed at her house for a couple of weeks. And then she came and stayed at my house for a couple of weeks. And I just remember like they had a swing set in their backyard and that was, I just sat there. I was listening to Alison Krauss and swinging. I mean, and I, every afternoon, their afternoon snack after school was Coca-Cola and bread with Nutella, like a baguette with Nutella. And right. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, a
0: Normandy baguette. I mean, I can't like, even. yeah.
1: Are you kidding me that I, I was also extremely like sexually frustrated at the time and was like, would walk on the beach and see like a boy, like 85 miles away and I'd be like, oh, that's, that's my husband. Like I was just, I was completely delusional, but I was, it was really fan. There was a lot of fantasy. So.
0: And did you start acting your fan? Like, did you start performing in any way? Like writing, were you writing
1: the whole time, Ava? No, I would just write mean things about my parents in journals, nothing real. I no, I, I was like doing like lots of songs at family reunions. Like, I would perform my fair lady at family. This is, this is, I, I still feel like, the buzz of humiliation come on when I think about this I performed like the opening song of my fair lady to a family reunion of people I had never met and I wasn't outgoing I think I was convinced to do that because I loved that song but there was a lot of attempts at performance and that I don't think landed quite how I wanted them to I wanted them to be you know I wanted jaws on the floor applause for days and it was not like that it was like that was sweet that you tried that
0: (laughs) Yeah, that disappointment, that feeling when you share as you this is, I think, really useful for people listening to talk more about because um, I think it stops a lot of people. I used to say, like, the only reaction that matters, the only one you want is you really want somebody to read something or hear the piece of music or watch the piece of footage and go. Almost wordlessly to the window and then say, (laughs) I never need to hear or see anything again and then leap to their death. Yes. Uh, Right. You want to
1: give someone the final release, yes. The final breath of wow, the world was worth it.
0: Yes, yeah. And and then when you do, and any reaction, and this is the problem: is any reaction less than that feels not just muted, devastating, but it's like it's cutting your head.
1: They're cutting your head off. I know it is so insane. I don't know where I got where we got the thing of I need to be. I need to make the thing that affects someone to the point of they are able to perish because they've gone through the journey of their life because of my work. I don't We've know where I got that need.
0: Talked about this before. We haven't we both see it the exact same well, way.
1: It is. It's wild. I mean, it's. I haven't actually spoken it out loud before. I don't think. Right. But it's of course why I'm constantly working more and more. Is I'm like. Well, no one's no one's perished out of joy yet.
0: Like, well, right, and and the, but this is like um, when you because the reason is like you uh, I think because even in the littlest things that you create in that way, you put so much of yourself into it. Yeah, they can't. I mean, it's why Barton Fink is such a devastating thing to watch. If you've never seen it, it's devastating because Barton isn't really an artist, and he thinks he is, and he uh. all, He just puts. The, the kind of key moment that we'll sh- maybe watch in the next couple of days as you do, you're, you're Uh-oh. like, I love this about you. I mean, when you will watch the things and re- report back and talk about oh, them. Oh yeah. Martin Fink. There's this moment when he says, I, I tried to show you something beautiful. I tried to show them something beautiful. And it, for anyone who's ever, I have felt the mortification of trying to show them something beautiful and like the, the self-hatred that goes with realizing you were trying to show them something beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so vulnerable. I mean, it's just beyond. There's nothing as painful and e- full of ego. Like it's about yes. ego, so it's not even about like. It's really right. hard to differentiate between what I'm allowed to need and what I'm. Correct. What I want really badly. Mm-hmm.
0: When this would really kill me was when it was without for me was when i was and it's what one of the main reasons i had to stop doing a when i was an a person for so many years in the record business was it wasn't my work and i would hear the thing and it would make me i would know and i would try to share that with like the guy who had to go get the record on the radio and that guy would just treat it like a piece of shit and because i was a shadow artist and a frustrated artist i identified so heavily with the artists when i thought it was good good you know when i thought they are and it would kill me it would just destroy me for them for everybody and i i had to hate the person who didn't understand it uh you know doing making stuff all the time gets you over it right or helps doesn't it yeah you think when you finally because now I, I never feel that way like um or if I did say, you know, like you say, it could just go in the journal uh, as another substitute for writing bad things about parents. But but it becomes just about making the, the work at a certain point, like making it as, as much yourself as you can, making it as good as you can, and then really learning it. It's none of your business what happens. After.
1: Yes. Yes. And it, it is actually one of the major blocks to working is that thought is that it has to be this way or else it's not worth it. Like, no, it actually hasn't has it is none of your business it isn't you're right and it's actually me using my fantasies and my ego to distract myself from the process which I liked more than the fantasy actually because it's actually there and I get to hold it and well, it's the real
0: what we feel a l- like the only moment you feel that thing right it's a thing that makes us lucky to do the thing we do I know
1: is it is it is of God it is something t- I, I don't really believe in God but it is of God it is divine it is something very it is it is it happens, it's happened maybe twice, three times in my life where I'm like, I'm meant to be here, doing this alone in my room. No one is meant to know here I am.
0: Yes, the, the, the moment the moments of touching whatever that thing is, and I don't believe in God, but like the I believe in like beauty and love and yeah like art nature. <laughs> What's that? Nature. I mean, and also Porsche 911s, but <laughs> make it like I'm some I, I also believe like there's a you know the beauty in the way a remote, an engine should function. But um, <laughs> uh, when you really nail like anyone who's ever driven a stick shift car, like when you really nail a downshift into third and take off, it's all kind of like that. You're a alone with car? that
1: for me. Is that you're alone with that right now?
0: I am. Well, I know you're not. I know I'm <laughs> on my own here on the podcast. <laughs> believe me, somebody out there um, understands what I'm, I'm saying. But. So talk about how you got to that that place. Were you doing art in a serious way before college?
1: In high school, I had a pretty transformational teacher. Who That was the thing. It was the people who were the teachers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at us. We got back. I had a teacher named Michelle Hainer. She was my theater teacher in high school for my junior and senior year of high school. And she was extremely thoughtful hardworking, talented kind asked the most of all of us and she we did like check-off scenes with her which is I did a horrible Nina but you know god for I did that throughout all of high school my dumb little Nina monologue I'm not a Nina we all know that um
0: oh you poor I'm so sorry but you know that Ryan's gonna have to say I'm not a Nina I mean that's <laughs> I'm not, almost, I'm not. Almost no way Ryan's not gonna say that before well, good in the, in I I season. totally yeah.
1: um relate <laughs> yes. um but yeah I but it was very special to read those things and also, there was an element to that class, which was actually IB International Baccalaureate Theater, like program, where you had to make, you had to come up with a whole idea for a show. Oh, wow. And it had to be extremely, it had to be from a building. So you, you, I think it was from a building. So you take a building that inspires you and you basically make a whole, I, I, you, you go through all the elements of, basically making a director's book or something of how you would make this show. And I don't even remember what I did mine on, but I remember Michelle looked at me like a, like an adult in a way that, oh, yeah. that I needed. And I was not even going to do theater. I kind of did it on a whim because I, I wanted to do visual arts. Like I really liked painting and I liked that. And I was like, I think I should kind of follow the fear here and, and do theater and it was a class of four people. It was so small. And I really, then I applied to Northwestern for acting and I was, I just, it all sort of came from there. I just really fell in love with a lot of plays, like a lot of Chekhov, a lot of, I mean, then Albie and school and college and, um, Sarah Rule was a big one in my school. We read a lot of her, Annie Baker. I was like, oh, Oh, this is the first person I can read that I could actually act in. Did you
0: see Did you see it?
1: I didn't. I saw a video of it online. I saw a video of it. Some of us got to do this showcase in New York, which is why I decided to move to New York, actually, because I enjoyed my time during the showcase. But we did the showcase my senior year for agents and like networks in New York, and the scene I chose was from the flick and it's like them sitting at the end of the stage like like this sort of rom-com energy to it but i just loved her dialogue i found yeah. her to be her to write in a way for the first time where i was like oh that's how people talk you know uh
0: yeah seeing it was just one of the most remarkable things i've ever seen in a stage what well, uh did you want to be a playwright? When you went? were at Northwestern and you were acting, was it acting and theater in your head? Were you already thinking about becoming a filmmaker? What, what was the ambition?
1: Um, it was pretty organic. I had a teacher in school too that I, I took a playwriting class, I think my freshman year of college, and that opened my eyes. And I felt pretty disempowered at the beginning of college because a lot of getting to work on stage was someone casting you in something. And I wanted to do, I wanted to feel a little bit more artistically alive and that I wasn't more in control than I felt I was. And so I took a playwriting class. And then from there on out, I just did all the playwriting there. And I became sort of what it's like a playwriting module, but it's a minor. They're sort of equivalent of a minor. Um, And I found that to be one of the ways to, that I, that I really felt, alive and that I could create all this stuff that was that no one had to give me permission for I guess that's sort of a recurring theme here is that uh, I I have wanted permission and the frustration of not having a space to to be the artist I want to be has led to me kind of wanting to write for myself or, or make things for myself and yeah.
0: So when you came to New York, the thought wasn't, I'm going to come to New York and audition as an actor. It was like, I'm going to come, I'm asking, or uh, it was like, I'm going to come yeah. and make stuff.
1: Well, no, that's the, it's funny. I, um, my senior year of college, I had been doing comedy also through college and found a lot of joy in that. And I, my senior year of, of college, I was like blonde <laughs> and I was like, I'm an actor now. Like I'm an actor, we're dropping all the other things. I'm an actor and it it's not possible to do many things at once and so I will not write, I will not do comedy. I will be an actor and Oh, really? Yeah, and that didn't really weirdly didn't really work out for me. You know. but I I auditioned a ton and I was I was really it was really hard. I moved like the day after school ended and I I was working with an agent who just wanted me to do who, who kept sending me to auditions for regional Shakespeare tragedies, And I felt so sad and people would look at me like you should not be doing this. Like these people auditioning me were like, you need help. Like someone oh needs gosh. to fucking save your life. And, and then that didn't really feel good. What, or what, what were you
0: supposed to say? You're saying you were in New York, and, and this was all making you feel sad, or you would get so involved in the tragedy of the Shakespeare, yeah. you would feel so sad. Like, what, what was going on?
1: I, I was. I felt pretty alone. I had a couple of day jobs cobbled together to make ends meet. Uh, it was really hot. I got here in the summer, yeah. which was a bad way to start out. One time I left a pot on the st- no, I left a burner on all day and there was no pot on and I came home and the burner was on and my roommate wasn't home yet thank god but I was like oh my god right. you're so close to the end <laughs> like it's over soon and uh then I started doing comedy and then I felt better because it was always what made me feel better and yeah. I then I guess I started doing characters, which felt like writing and acting and all done by me. And then, yeah, I guess that also like when you
0: started, what did it feel like when people in, so you're someone, you know, a big battle for me was to get to the place where I realized you don't need to ask anyone's permission to do the art you want to do. I'm just saying for my own life that took till I was 30, you know, you got there much quicker than I did. And, uh, wanting permission and then knowing you've got to just give yourself permission to be whatever kind of artist you, you, you want to be still though. So people start reacting to the videos you made, the stuff you wrote, you started getting essays, public, like all sorts of stuff started to happen for you. Mm-hmm. But when figures in the business, Judd, me and Dave, other people you've told me, I'm not going to mention because I don't know if stuff's public, but like when people started, reacting to your work how did it hit you not you know not the uh, privacy not privacy but I mean when when people in positions to uh, officially say this is worthy and valid did it affect you in some way or no
1: yeah definitely I I felt I felt so excited and overwhelmed and I I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe that I was meeting people who were so who saw me as an artist and who saw me as a filmmaker, a writer, a director like that feeling like I can now own those terms is because I heard people say it to me that I admire and I would never have felt like my videos equaled that until these until people reflected it back to me and I'd never thought about what my goal I, I in my wildest dreams I would never have Expected someone to ask me, Well, what story do you want to tell? What's the story of you? Right. Or I had given up on the idea that I could act, be an actor, like an actor in something. I just, I didn't realize I'd given up on it, but I had said, Okay, that lane isn't happening. And if I could talk to myself, three to five years ago and say like look look at what you now know you can do yeah look at what you get to do every day you get to choose between doing these two things that are your wildest dreams i i don't stop enough to reflect on that but i'm really i'm happy
0: How do you now think about deciding so obviously you now know you can be in a working actor because you're a working actor and you know you um like i think only one or two of your episodes aired on billion so far but like i this is not a spoiler but you do real stuff on our show like you carry story like the show you know you're a real figure in the show um and uh obviously you've gotten other acting offers and all that stuff so how do you think about and you're going to get so many more i think but so how do you think about that the 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 spending of your time and which feel you know how, how are you going through that decision tree for yourself
1: yeah i i'm in a place where if something lights me up i will excitedly do it right if something doesn't feel like it hits the <gasps> oh, wow, this is, like, really right. Like, yes. I, I think I have a pretty... My body tells me, and sometimes I'm in denial yes. about it. to My body knows when it's having... When it's doing... It's getting the scripts that I'm like, oh, shit. Or I'm getting the meeting that I'm like, oh, yeah. That, to me, is... That's the way that I, I move forward. But I'm also... I'm excited, I feel like. I... But I also really care about my writing, and and I and it's being able to work with people who understand that I have all those parts to me, and that that's actually helpful, you know. Yes. And not, and not in the way it's additive.
0: No, it's add. It's totally additive to what you. No, it's totally additive to what you bring. Um, for sure. Uh, the fact that you're a writer is, and you think in words in that way. and images, a filmmaker absolutely informs what someone can give you to do as an actor. It's all together. It all, if you're sensitively writing, you're kind of aware of how you're deploying people and why, right? So that all makes sense to me. I want to give you a minute of platform to talk about the book you just put out with your pal. (laughs) So would you, you want to just tell people so they can go find it?
1: Yeah. It's called Look, I Bought Plants. It's a satirical collection of poetry by me and my friend Taylor. We've been friends for a while now. We used to be coworkers and she actually just had a movie premiere at Tribeca. So I should plug that. It's called. You're as in of, right? Yes. I'm in it. It's I, I saw it on the big screen and it was glorious. I was so proud of her. I mean, it's so funny. It's so sweet. Um, They won the Nora Ephron award at Tribeca. Say her full name. Taylor Guerin. And her movie is as of yet. And you have to watch it. It's beautiful. And. um. Yeah. So we wrote that poetry book together sort of as friends wanting to get together every so often and have a creative project. And then it's out now. It's been a couple of years in the making, but it was quite effortless. It was, I mean, it was, it's so fun. It's just little jokes.
0: And and when do you want to make your first movie?
1: Oh man, we got to shoot it next year. Don't we?
0: Is that the thing? So next year you hope to make your first movie Is your script. Do you know what script you don't, do you know which script you want to shoot? Have yeah. you
1: written it? Yeah, I've written it.
0: That's great. Are you casting now?
1: I'm looking for my DP,
0: cinematographer before casting.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: All right. I'm cool. new.
1: I need someone who has who has all who is the the light of my life. I need my partner.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes comp- that makes so much sense. It's so smart. Uh, how you've got about all of this is is so smart and. uh, and I can tell that you've been pretty diligent of late about putting self-care pieces in too. Thank you. All this, And I think that's really important. In this yeah, I'm journey. always
1: stretching on set. So I'm just always like doing weird leg too, stretches. Guys. I have to, body hurts.
0: Self-care is like uh, really important within all this. Um, man, it's so exciting to just be a little part of the rocket ship of your career taking off, Ava. Dave and Thank I- Thank you. Dave and I just really feel like um, we lucked out getting you to be a part of the show.
1: Oh.
0: And, uh, and really as an artist, I'm so, um, I'm quite inspired by your, the way in which you keep refining your point of view as an artist, your openness, and then the decision-making really admirable. I can't wait to see what comes next for you.
1: Thank you. I mean, I just want to reflect back, like, You, I I almost feel like I have little angels watching over me that you put me in in this project in your, like, I mean, amazing project, and that you put me in the room with someone, I mean, with Asia, and how expansive that's been for me, and how talented they are, and how I. And how warm they are, and how I just it's opened my mind to to show me what it can be like to be collaborating with someone as an actor, and I and I really am grateful that you've allowed I, that, and Maggie and everyone, you know, and
0: Will. And I Jake. agree. No, even I mean, I would just say like that little crew group of, I mean, <laughs> Will Roland, Asia, and and you, as just in terms of just like the sheer amount of just talent on that bench. Of <laughs> um, varied skills is pretty insane.
1: I know you got to get them to sing,
0: <laughs> and uh, and you're correct. Asia's um, a remarkable, remarkable human being, and and their 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 gift as an actor is. It's because Asia became famous in billions. I know that people probably think they're like Taylor. And yes, they're gender non-binary also, but they're nothing like Taylor. And that yeah. is it, the distance, the gulf between who Asia Kate Dylan is and who Taylor Mason is so big.
1: Yes. I mean, the first time I met them, I was like, thank God, this is the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. They're so warm. They're so welcoming. I was scared I was going to show up and I'd be like looking at Taylor and it would be like, I well, mean, I would that, die.
0: Well, that's the amazing thing because when, you know, when- yeah, action is called Asia's just there. I mean, boom. Taylor boom is there. It's
1: all in their eyes. They do so much work. They're so there.
0: Well, it's so deep. Yeah. Um, as
1: well, thank a short,
0: you. Ava Victor is online, even though they, uh, she says she's not like, Oh, I'm not <laughs> online. I mean, she's so online. So you can find her <laughs> on Twitter and on Instagram, not on TikTok anymore, I guess.
1: No, I had to go. My brain was, I mean, it was the most fun app of my life. I had the best time of my life. I got to go back. It's it's so the funny. most fun.
0: You got to get in there. It's just I know. So much, it's so it's crazy. It's so much fun. But uh, you can find Ava on the social medias. You can find me at Brian Compliment on Twitter. Uh, Billions comes back September 5th. Yay. Ava kicks ass and then season six will come right on the heels of it. With more of Ava kicking ass. I mean, not not there are no fight scenes. I don't want to promise something we can't deliver. Someday, please. Maybe. All right, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Ava.